Welcome to our teaching today, where Christ's Word is the center of our world. We are about to listen to the undiluted Word of God from the throne of grace. Trusting God for something good today. Amen. If you have your Bibles, let's see Second Kings chapter 4. Touch your neighbor and say it's time for overflow. Mm. Uh, I like you. Say it's time for overflow. One more time, say it's time for overflow. You're coming out from just enough, more than enough to overflow. Since I'm sure that that is not for everybody because some people here are very rich and you don't want some more, but the Lord sent me to tell somebody, I don't know where you're standing this evening, that you're coming out of scarcity into overflow. Oh, Jesus. We'll spend some time praying today too. Uh, you're coming out of just enough into more than enough. In the name of Jesus. So I prophesy to you in the name of Jesus. It is your time. It is your turn for overflow. Hallelujah. Second Kings chapter 4. I begin reading from verse 1. You please remain standing for the reading of the word. Now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha, saying, Thy servant, my husband, is dead, and thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord, and the creditor is come to take unto him my two sons to be bondmen. And Elisha said unto her, What shall I do for thee? Tell me, What hast thou in thy house? And she said, Thy handmaid had nothing anything in the house save a pot of oil then he answered he said go borrow vessels abroad of all thy neighbors even empty vessels borrow not a few is that in your bible even empty vessels borrow don't don't be distracted just stay okay um even empty vessels borrow not a few and when thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door. Touch your neighbor, say shut the door. Touch your neighbor, say shut the door. Thee and upon thy sons. And shall pour out into all those vessels. And thou shalt set aside that which is full. So she went from him and shut the door upon her and upon her sons who brought the vessels to her, and she poured out the six. And it came to pass that when the vessels were full, that she said unto her son, Bring me yet a vessel. And he said unto her, There is not a vessel more, and the oil stayed. Amen. Amen. Verse 7, And she came and told the man of God, and he said, Go sell the oil, and pay thy debt, and leave thou and thy children of the rest. Is that in your Bible? One of the things I respected him for was he said to us, whilst he was in the hospital, give flourish my will, and I opened the will. There was an account that he had left with XYZ amount for his burial. So he paid for his casket, paid for the grave, Paid for the burial, paid for everything, left nobody in debt, sorted his burial, made a request in his will that nobody should be asked to pay, contribute one naira to his 
burial when he died. That touched me. One of the things he said to me before he died, he said to me clearly, you cannot inherit my worth. You can only inherit my wealth if I leave anything for you. That is significant because you can't be your father's friend's clique. You can't be in their clique because what puts them in that clique is something different. What I'm trying to say is if, if Mohammed Ali's grandson feels like because I'm an Ali, I would jump into the ring with any boxer without him training properly, he would die on time. Because whilst you can inherit his wealth, you cannot inherit his worth. So he taught me to grow my network by myself. To learn the scriptures by myself. To be independent and to stand all by myself. But when he did that in the barrier, it did strike a chord when I saw that in his will. That okay, this man was ready to go. And I prepared the house. Had his house in order and said, nobody should task any of my children for the barrier. It did touch me and that changed my life. But this is not the case of the prophets we read, we read about in Second Kings chapter 4. The Bible talks about the prophet, that the prophet was anointed, he was a servant of God, but he died broke. I don't want to die broke. Oh, I don't want to die broke. I know you think the church people talk about money all the time. Uh, I talk about money too, because money is powerful. You know, I was talking with my sister some days ago and we were talking about other friends that we have and it's not because they are more intelligent than us. It's not because they are more special than us. They just had different kind of father who had so much money. And sometimes it doesn't matter whether their father stole the money or worked for the money, but it has changed their life forever, if you know what I mean. Uh, the, 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 the truth is this prophet served diligently. This prophet was a man of God. He, he has um, a, a, a report in Second Kings chapter 4 that he was a true servant of God, but he died broke. And I said to you yesterday that the Bible compares God sometimes with money. You can't serve two masters. You can't serve God and mammon. The Bible did not say man of God, that you can't serve God and the devil. Because as I said yesterday, if you put God, the devil, and money, a lot of people will leave God and the devil and just choose the money because you don't want to be involved in their quarrel. You just want to have the money and live a good life. So do not act as though money is not important in your life. You are here today because you had some kind of money to move you here, that moved you here. So he died broke. I have a problem with the prophet because he died broke. It is one thing to die broke and everybody is fine. So that means you were broke, but your wife, your children, everybody around you, fine. It is another thing to die broke and you are in debt. Yes, uh, but it is not a good thing to die broke and your children have to pay for your debt. Now, it is a very bad thing to die broke and your children have to pay with your lives for the thing that you were owing. Because the creditor had come upon the mother of these children and was not asking for the money back, but was asking for the children. There is a kind of debt that posterity. Because the children's lives, destinies, are at stake now. Stay with me. I hear the voice of Ezekiel said to me, the word of the Lord came unto me saying, what mean ye that ye use this proverb concerning the land of Israel, saying, The fathers have eaten soured grapes, the children's teeth 
are set on the edge. Could it be possible that some of the crises and the things that you have had to deal with in your life, it was a function of the family that you showed up from um, in this world? Is it possible that you are talking the way you are talking, behaving the way you are behaving, acting the way you are acting because you were just born in an environment, in a family system that did change your life forever? Is it possible that the thing that you are dealing with is a bet problem because these children had nothing to do with the debt but the creditor is coming to have their lives because of what their father did I don't know who you are in this place. The Bible says Christ has redeemed you from the curse of the law. I don't care what your father did or what your grandfather did. You are redeemed. And the Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. So let me take a minute to prophesy to somebody who is dealing with something that looks like what is prevalent in the family. The devil is a liar. I come in the name of Jesus and I decree and declare if there be diseases, traits, uh, whatever they call them, family illness, family circles in the family that is plaguing and it, it seems to scare you, the devil is a liar. I decree and declare that you are the redeemed of the Lord and there is nothing the devil can do about it. If you believe that you're from a different lineage lift your hands and shout i am the redeemed oh no 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 you if you understand redemption redemption is powerful the reason redemption is powerful is because i own the ipad that i have not by creation but by redemption the ipad by creation belongs to Steve Jobs, or his boys, or his guys, or the team. But when I got to the shop and I paid for it, I redeemed it from the brand Steve Jobs. So this becomes my iPad. So Steve Jobs cannot resurrect from the dead wherever he is, heaven or hell, shows up in my house and they say this is mine because you're using an iPad because I paid for it. And when I paid for it, I redeemed it back uh, to me. If the name of Jesus is a key, the blood of Jesus is a receipt. Jesus, the Mr. Knight. So when I, I paid for it, it became mine. Hallelujah. But now God created man. So God owned man by creation. But when Adam failed, God lost man in creation. But when he sent Jesus to die, he got man back by redemption. But guess what? He owns you by new creation and redemption. Ah, God. So now you are not from that family line that you think you are from. You are Christ. And if the disease, if Christ did not have that disease, you have no business dealing with that disease. You need to know that you know that you know that you are the redeemed of the Lord. And there is nothing the devil can do about it. I don't care what they call themselves family altars, family shrine, family deeds, um, spirit husband. And 
spirit that the devil is a liar. You are redeemed by the blood of Jesus. Jesus paid the price on the, cow, on, on the cross of Calvary for your sick, sicknesses, for death and for disease and for everything that has to do with affliction from the pit of hell. I announce to you what the Bible says in Colossians 1 verse 14. Say, God who has redeemed us. He did not say he is going to redeem us or he's planning to redeem us. It's in whom we have redemption through the blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Can I see Colossians 1 verse 13 too? You will find out that your deliverance has been secured by the finished work of Calvary. So, the Bible says in Colossians 1 13, who had delivered us from the power of darkness. Did you see that? The Bible did not say who is going to deliver us or who plans to deliver us or who has an agenda to deliver us. It says who had delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. So touch your neighbor and tell your neighbor you are delivered. Oh, come on. Because the person did not believe you, slap the person high five and tell them you are delivered. Uh, say one more time, you are delivered. And, and, and it's important to know that you are delivered because when you understand your deliverance right, the devil can't plague you with funny dreams and funny belief systems and things that are being taught that you have to fast this, look this, and pay the price, or go to your family house, speak the sun, speak to the sun, speak to the sun, bend like this, do like this, and do all those things. Christ paid that price on the cross of Calvary. I don't know why you don't believe me, but you people think that I play down on demonic activities but guess what you are playing down on the blood of jesus you're playing down on the the bible says god has highly exalted him giving him a name that is above every other name dr phil he says of things in the heavens of things on the earth and of things under the earth there is no demon that is outside of these three realms <laughs> oh jesus he said god has given him a name higher than every other every other name so if it's in the heaven the name of jesus can deal with it if it's in the earth the name of jesus can deal with it if it is underneath the earth the name of jesus can deal with it but what you do not know is because you do not pray the word of god because faith is not denial of fact faith is proclamation of truth faith is i know that this table is here but i have what it takes to shift it out of my way so when you wake up in the morning and you find the same disease that plagued the mommy coming around you what you do is hey hold the devil i am the redeemed of the lord and tender the blood of jesus because the blood of jesus is a receipt that must be constantly tendered in the litigation place of destiny yeah because the devil is the accuser of the brethren every now and again he will come to you to remind you that he died of cancer so you are going to die of cancer nobody mar no marriage succeeds in your household so you may not succeed anytime he comes and he speaks like that to you Live the blood of Jesus. As I am the redeemed of the, of the Lord. And by the blood of Jesus, you silence the speakings of hell. Some of you still think that the blood of Jesus is covering of your food, covering of your car. I soak my food with the blood of Jesus. I soak my car with the blood of Jesus. Brother, the blood is not flowing anymore. The blood is a message. The blood speaks, does not... 
the blood speaks. So the Bible says the blood of Jesus speaketh better things than the blood of Abel. So what you should do is that you invoke and superimpose the speakings of the blood of Jesus upon your father's house. And by the way, that is not even your father's house anymore. So stop praying demons in my father's house. You have been excavated, rooted, uprooted from that father's house. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I'll preach this. So I, I didn't plan to talk about this. Uh, you have been uprooted from your father's house. The Bible says, they that are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish. If you understand the text of the scripture, it says, they that are transplanted, man of God, in the house of the Lord shall flourish. So when you got saved, God removed you from that place and gave you a different genealogy. Let me introduce your genealogy to you. God the Father, God the Son, and you. That's it. That is God the Father, God the Son, and you is God in heaven, Jesus, who is the first of the begotten of the Father. Then you are next in the chain of your inheritance. You need to know this. Isaiah says, look to your father Abraham and to your mother Sarah from which you were hewn. So disconnect yourself from such family or side, bovo, background or some kintola or ifatoye, ifatoye, all those demonic uh, funny background and tie your name and say i am now christ in him i live in him i move in him i have my being and when you start speaking these words the devil knows that this one knows he's all right the bible says my people perish for lack of knowledge what knowledge was he talking about is the knowledge of the word of god the knowledge of the finished work on the cross cross of of calvary i came to prophesy to somebody i don't know where you're standing sitting in this room i just want to announce to you you are the redeemed of the lord and there is nothing the devil can do about it so next time they tell you about family altars tell them jesus is my priesthood jesus is my altar the blood of jesus is my sacrifice and it speaks for me and you need to stand in the place of prayer and constantly draw the bloodline over your life and everything that concerns you lift your hands one more time and scream i am the redeemed of the lord now because you whispered that I, I want the hell itself to hear you I want the devil to hear you I want Abuja to hear you lift your hands one more time and scream I am the redeemed of the Lord I am, you may be seated. I am the redeemed of the Lord. The redeemed of the Lord means Christ paid for my sins. Christ paid for the cause. So there is no cause working against me. What my father did, what my mother did cannot come against me. I'm not going to pay for their sins because I was not involved in that. Christ nailed it on the cross of Calvary. The Bible says nailing every voice, every accusation, every proclamation, not of God. Isaiah says, Woe unto them that make unrighteous decree and make grievous prescription. So I decree and declare every prescription of the enemy over your life is destroyed. Uh, you didn't hear me. Every prescription over the enemy over, of the enemy over your life is destroyed. In the name of Jesus. Can I say, a child of God cannot be possessed. 
Christ and a demon cannot share one house. Stop bringing down the work of the cross of Calvary. A child of God, however, can be oppressed by ignorance, not possession. Not possession, not possession. It's oppression out of ignorance, not possession. Because that house is the temple of the living God. But if you do not know that Christ lives in you, you may be afraid of things else. Put your eyes on Jesus, focus on Jesus. Some of you are focused too much on the uh, demonic activities. These, anything you give attention to gives you direction. Anything you pay attention to gives you. Because what you constantly see is what you eventually become. So I asked the Lord, he, he's a prophet, but he died broke. I'm not comfortable with that. And I, and I began to question the Lord, man of God, why and how did this man of God die broke? The kind of poverty, there, there is a kind of recession that hits you and then you sell your car. Yeah. There's a recession that comes to you and then you sell your land. But when a recession comes to you after you are dead and they have to buy your children, it's a different book game. This is posterity at stake. Be careful what you do so you do not endanger posterity. So the boys are here. But I, 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 I said to God, how did this man of God die, broke? God said to me, flourish, leave me alone. I left something in his house. I said, no, no, no. He, he, he was broke. He was not just broke. He died in debt. The creditors are after his posterity. God said to me, flourish, read your Bible. I left something in his house. Then I checked again, even when the prophet asked her, what do you have in your house? The first thing she said was, nothing. And that is the problem with us. When we see ourselves, oh, when we see ourselves, not through the finished work of Calvary, we see nothingness. When you, when you see yourself not through the spectacles of Christ, what you are going to find in your house is nothing. Paul said, in my flesh, like, no good thing. Nothing. Nothing. The prophet said, check again. He said, save a cruise of oil. The oil is the sign of the power of the Holy Spirit. So God left something in his house that the prophet did not pay attention to do. Now listen to me, TSP. There is something in your mind, in your house, in your space that can change your life forever. There is something in your mind, in your space, in your house that can change your life forever. But the truth is, you and I, we do not pay attention to what we have around. We are always looking for what we do not have. Jesus asked them, what do you have left? Because the God that we serve uses leftovers. 
leftovers are enough for God to turn your story around. I know you are bothered about what you do not have right and what left you and how the right has gone wrong but God is looking at what you have left. Do you still have your praise going on? God is looking at what you have left. What? How much do you have left? What idea do you have left? There is something in your mind, in your house, in your space that can change your life forever. In the beginning, God placed man in the garden and said unto him, um, uh, everything you need to be sustained in your life is in the garden. But in the new covenant, God places the garden inside of man. The breakthrough you're looking for is not outside of you, is within you, it's around your reach. God will never put a blessing outside your reach. Oh God. God will never put your next level in Australia if you are in Nigeria. If it is there, God will orchestrate it into your space because God is always in the business of bringing the blessing to you or putting it in your space. There is something in your mind in your house that can change your life forever if the blessing the idea or the person you need is not in your reach god will swiftly connect you to the person not too long from now because your location determines your allocation in destiny the blessing is always in your house the woman lost one coin the coin was not outside of her house the coin was within the house search your house people of god there is a blessing in your house touch your neighbor and there's a blessing in your house need <laughs> the thing you need to get to the next level is in this house uh, Dr. Phil, the person you need to pay the bill is not outside of TSP God always puts the blessing in the house if the person is outside the house the person is connected to the person inside the house God help me the people you need to finish the project man of God are not outside your reach they are in the house the blessing is always in the house house god created man and puts the blessing inside of you every man was born naked but not empty every man was born naked but not empty there is something about you there is something in your mind in your house and in your space that can change your life forever every man was born naked but not empty. David had his stones. Jephthah had his fight. Daniel could pray. Joseph could interpret dreams. Esther could slay. Samson had strength. Moses had a staff. Even Jumoke had bread. Something in your mind, in your space, in your life that can change your life forever. His name is Muhammad Ali. I float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. Your hands can heat what your eyes can see. There is something in your life that can change you. There is something in your mind, in your space, that if you give attention to, it will change your life forever. If you develop that potential, you won't die inconsequential. But the problem is that you've looked down on all your dreams and all the things that you have in your life and you have seen them as nothing that can bring something in your life. My my friend, I came to tell you this evening, buckle your seatbelt and large your tempers. Get ready because something is about to happen in your life. And it's not something outside your reach. It is something in your house. I don't know, you may be sitting with a blessing in this house. So do a pew check and tell them, are you the blessing in this house? Because there is a blessing in this house. There is a blessing in this house. 
check, check. If the person you're sitting with is not smiling, just say, oh, I am the blessing in this house. Uh, there is a blessing. There is something in your mind, in your space, in your life that can change your life. There is a blessing in this house. Every time I wake up in the morning, I look in the mirror and say, there is a blessing in this house. There is something in my life that can change my word forever. There's something in my mind. There's something in my space that can change it. For I lay hands on myself and there is a blessing in this house. There is an idea that I have that if I can just put my suit on it, it will change my life. Ah, God. Ah, I feel like preaching. I'll take it slow. The next thing you need to do, you may be seated. In the, just sit and sit and let's, let's walk through this. I'll be done in a minute. The Bible says, uh, it came into the hands of the prophet. I don't care what you have, the dreams you have, or the idea. Until it comes into the hands of Jesus, um, it's going to be nothing at all. So you must bring that idea, that dream, that possibility that you have, that you feel within you, and put it in the feet of the Master. Bring it to Jesus. The oil was just oil until the prophet spoke about the oil. The bread and fish was just a lunchbox for the boy until he got into the hands of Jesus. The stone that hit Goliath was not the stone that killed Goliath. It was not David's stone that killed Goliath. For when the stone came on Goliath's head, the Bible says he fell face down. If he was the stone, you and I know he would have fallen backwards. So it was not the stone that killed Goliath. It was the hand of God through an angel, I believe, that knocked his head down. So if, if it is just in your hand and doesn't come into the hands of the master, it is nothing at all. So the oil became something supernatural when the prophet of God spoke about it. The bread and fish became something powerful when it came into the hands of Jesus. It was not Esther's beauty that delivered the people. It was the favor of God. Esther was not the only beautiful person in the land. She was even a slave. But the favor of God comes upon Esther and the story and the rest uh, is history. I don't know who you are or you feel like you are not competent or you're not ready for what God is about to do in your life. Can I remind you of yesterday? Just put your foot on it. Uh, yes, 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 yes. Whatever you do until it comes into the hands of the master, it will result in nothing. When you bring it to Jesus, Jesus, he will turn your life around. I don't know the ideas and the things and the dreams that you have. Until you bring it into the hands of Jesus, it will die in your hand. I don't have time, I need to run. The next thing you need to note now is that the Bible says they shut the door. And they began to obey the instructions of the prophet. The place of shutting the door is the place of the other room. It's the place where you have to pray. It's the place where you have to stay with God. It's the place where you have to incubate that which God has said to you. Listen to me, people of God. You talk too much. So you have the idea and you are shouting about it on Instagram already. You have the business plan and you've told 50 people already. Now he says, 
says hi to you. Now everybody in your church thinks you're getting married next month. Uh, now you have the visa and you're planning to travel. But everybody thinks you're already in the U.S. already. Because you talk too much. You need to get to the place where you shut the door. Sit on the prophecy. Walk on it in prayers on it, until it is time for the showing forth. Guess what people of God? They will know anyways. Just be patient. Uh, shut the door. When the testimony happens, you would not need to announce it. It will announce itself. Just shut the door. Stop shouting about it. I know you want to buy the new car, but stop telling the enemies about the new car that you are about to buy. Stop complicating your problem. Just shut the door. Look at the big mouth sitting to your left and to your right. And then you tell them for me, the pastor said, not you. Shut the door. Oh God. Hallelujah. Now, increase. The fourth thing I want to speak about uh, is increase your capacity. Uh, because the oil is not the problem. Uh, the oil is not the problem. The container now becomes the problem in the book of Second uh, Kings chapter 4. The container, because the, the prophet said to her, go gather vessels, not a few. If she understood the oil and gas business, she would have gathered the world. Because the problem was not with the oil. The oil could flow as much as God wanted it to flow if it just had containers. Uh, touch your neighbor, say containers. Um, look at the whole we are sitting in today we are almost filled up because if you give God space he would fill it uh, TSP it is not impossible until you develop your capacity to run two services on Sunday evenings uh, you can do a 4 to 6 and a 6 to 8 because of capacity is what I call overflow it is not impossible to come into the dimension of having two three companies that you have to deal with because God is looking for capacity to bless so the problem is not God's blessing. The problem is you do not have the capacity to receive the blessing that God has in store for you. Touch your neighbor and tell your neighbor, increase your capacity. Touch your neighbor, say increase your capacity. Say increase your capacity. Now the oil flowed as much as it was available. Um, the containers were available. Another thing you must notice is that the fish and the bread multiplied. And it was excessive. And they, the Bible says they had 12 uh, baskets remaining. Let me talk about for two minutes now the mystery of the other boat. Uh, yes, the other boat. Uh, that Jesus saw two boats one time. It's about overflow too. And he decided to come on one boat to preach but I am not too particular about the boat that he came on to preach because it was Peter's boat but interestingly it is important for you to note uh, that there was a second boat by the side this guy observed that I may not be saved I may not be tongue-talking I may not be a disciple I may not be anointed but I see Jesus in that boat and I'm just going to tag along because he knew that Anywhere Jesus shows up, there is going to be overflow. And 
oh god so he tagged alone and the bible says jesus after preaching on the boat jesus said to peter cast thy net and the bible says peter begin to cast the net and i am very sure that it was not in peter's mind to give to the other boat but there was a level of overflow that came upon peter's boat that he had no choice he didn't call on the other boat he bible says he beckoned on the other boat he had no choice to say guy the thing is heavy just come have some at the end of the day the other boat was just as blessed uh, as peter's boat uh, so the man did not carry jesus he was jesus didn't use his boat for the evangelism but he had the same blessing that peter had i dare to say to you my brothers and sisters if there was a third boat he would have flown to the third boat because the problem is not with the oil the problem is not with jesus the problem is with the vessel the problem is with the container the problem is capacity so the mystery of the other boat is important when god blesses your neighbor is in your neighborhood so when i see you buy a new car i come around you very quickly and try to give you money for fuel for the car because i know that if i can tap into this something is getting ready to happen in my life i'm not going to beef you for having the tall dark and handsome beautiful guy and now i'm 38 you are 28 and you're getting married before me what i'm going to do i'm going to come to you when it dance so hard spray you so well to just tell jesus whilst you are in this house come by my house say say color say come come by my house jesus the woman with the issue of blood jesus had no intention to heal the woman with the issue of blood jesus was on his way to someone else's house who was sick for a 12 years old girl who had died but the woman with the issue of blood observed that jesus is passing by and i know that the problem is not that he doesn't have enough power to heal all of us but i have capacity to receive my healing and so the bible says she went and touched the hem of his garment jesus said who touched me interrupted his movement this was outside the will of jesus but it was in his nature to heal anyway so jesus did not will to heal the woman with the issue of blood but she had enough faith to believe god that if he can just pass by my house i'm gonna hold on to my faith i'm gonna trust in him and believe god for a miracle so people of god the problem is not with jesus the problem is not with the oil the problem is with capacity i dare you today to go open some few companies open some more dream bigger than you ever expected think of standpoint having two three services because jesus has enough oil to feed the multitude has enough bread and fish if it comes into the hands of jesus something is going to happen in your life i feel like preaching one more time before i get out of abuja tomorrow morning i came to prophesy to somebody i don't know who you are i don't know how small you think your dreams are i don't care to know how small you think they are if you can give it to jesus he will turn it around the problem is not with jesus the problem is do you have capacity you just remain seated we'll be done in a minute seated we'll be done in a minute 
the bible says overflow now happens to the woman they began to turn the oil in the other room they turned they walked and they began to turn the oil until they got to the place and the bible says when they got to the last container and it filled up that there was no other container and then the oil ceased in the old testament the oil would cease in the new testament the oil overflows the oil overflows so in the old testament when they got to the end of the containers the bible says the oil ceased but when they got to the bread and the fish situation, when Jesus had recession, they had 12 baskets of overflow. Touch your neighbor, say overflow. Overflow. Touch your neighbor, say overflow. Overflow. Now they got to the place of overflow. And the Bible says they had 12 baskets left. I came to announce to you this evening that the anointing that will come upon your life this evening is an anointing for overflow. Hey, God is about to send you a blessing that you do not have enough room to receive. So if I were you, I would prepare more vessels, open new companies, write the vision, make it plain because overflow is coming to you. I don't know who you are. You want to buy one house, but God is talking about an estate. You want to build one church, but God is talking about branches. You want to have one service, but God is talking about multiple services. Because when overflow comes, there is nothing the devil can do about it. The oil in the Old Testament did not overflow, but the blessing in the New Testament had 12 baskets left. I came to preach to you this evening that the anointing that is coming upon your life today is an anointing for overflow. I feel like preaching. It's an anointing for overflow. Oh, believe the Lord God and you shall be established. Believe this prophet of God and you will prosper. If God sent me to tell you that this is time for overflow, I need you to believe God. That something is about to happen in your life because God is not a man that he should lie. The Bible did not say God does not lie. The Bible says God cannot lie. So if God says I'm wearing a red shirt, it will be a lie to you. But as soon as God says it, his power makes my shirt red. So you have no evidence to say he lied. Because if he said it, he would do it. Look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor it is my time. I don't know about you, but it is my time for overflow. Now move to four people in your role and tell them it is time for overflow. Hey, tell your neighbor I'm anointed for overflow. I'm anointed for overflow. I'm anointed for overflow. That means the blessing um, that is about to come to you, Edahosa. If you try to be stingy about it, 
There is nothing you can do about it. Your driver will bless from the blessing. Your cook will be blessed from the blessing. Your friends will be blessed from the blessing. Because it will be overflowing. If you try to hold it, the more it will flow. Because when something begins to overflow, there is nothing you can do about it. I don't know who you are. The Lord sent me to tell you. Maybe you're on that line. And I prophesy in the name of Jesus. It is your time. It is your turn. For overflow. Lift your hands. Shout yes. Shout yes. Shout yes. Look at your neighbor. Tell them it's time for overflow. It's time for overflow. Abraham was anointed for prosperity. And Jehovah blessed him as Jireh. Noah was anointed to build the ark. And to build a marvelous ark. Joseph was anointed for preservation. And the land was preserved. Jephthah was anointed to fight. He became the captain of the boys. Samson was anointed to kill. He destroyed the Philistines even in death. Esther was anointed to slay. She became the queen of the land. Nehemiah was anointed to build. He built the city. David was anointed to be king. And there was nothing so deep that could stop him. Solomon was anointed to be wise. He stood the wisest of them all. Daniel was anointed to be great. He survived the lions then. But all of these anointings are not compared to what you and I have in Christ. They had an anointing. We have the anointing. But the Bible says the anointing that we have received uh, abides in us uh, and the Bible says uh, because of the anointing uh, every yoke uh, every chain shall be broken so you have Abraham's anointing Solomon's anointing David's anointing Esther's anointing all these anointing are in Christ yeah and amen because the anointing of the Lord is the anointed one. The prophet had Christ. I was looking at the law. Couldn't see Christ. But you and I have Christ. For this confidence we have in Him. That Christ is in us. The hope of glory. In Him we live. In Him we move. In Him we have our being. Slap your neighbor. Tell your neighbor. You are anointed. 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 You are anointed to build. You are anointed. Paul, you are anointed for overflow. Anointed to overflow. You are anointed. Anointed. Lift your voice. Touch your neighbor. I don't know about you. Because in the Old Testament, the Spirit of the Lord would come upon them. In the New Testament, the Spirit of God lives inside of us. Christ is the anointed. Christ is the anointed. Christ lives in you. And the Bible says, 
as he is so are we in this world so that means anything I lay my hands to to do the Christ in me will bring overflow what I want you to do today is pay attention to overflow that is within you and decree and declare I am blessed I am saved anointed redeemed washed in the blood of the Lamb so blessed for overflow there is nothing the devil can do about it because I am anointed and the anointing lives inside of me so I have no choice but to overflow hold your neighbor shake their hands like you want to shake it off and say you are anointed for overflow hallelujah I don't care I don't care what you do overflow is coming to you I cast the spirit of scarcity oh come on I cast the spirit of scarcity I cast the spirit of want I cast the spirit of poverty the Bible says on that day the burden will be lifted off their shoulders the yoke shall be destroyed not broken if it is broken it can be put back together but the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing because of the anointing I'm anointed for overflow I don't know about you the anointing of the Lord is upon me tonight and I came to prophesy to you it is your time for overflow if you believe lift your hands open up your mouth shout it is my time for overflow out of your seat preach to five people and tell them for me I don't know about you but I'm coming to overflow it is my time for overflow it is my season for overflow I'm coming out of scarcity it is time for overflow Overflow, overflow, overflow. It's there, it's there. Lift your hands everywhere in this building. Then lay your hands on your head and begin to prophesy. I am the anointed of the Lord. I cannot be hindered. I cannot be incarcerated. I cannot be destroyed. Because I am anointed. I am anointed. Would you lift your voice and begin to pray in the spirit, decree and declare, it is my turn and my time for overflow. I can't hear you. Ebosha. Ebobo shipre henda magala mama mama mama. 
Keep it up, keep it up. Overflow. 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 I can't hear you. Bring it on. Overflow. I'm coming out of scarcity. Overflow. Put your hands down before we pray one more time. I just want you to know that after this meeting, Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday, the anointing for overflow is activated, released on your life. You live in scarcity. Oh, Jesus. I hear David say to me, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Let me lie down in green pastures. Let me be sad. Still waters. He restorate my soul. Makes me lie down in green pastures. For his name's sake, you do. I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. Thy rule in the staff. They comfort me. Thou prepare at the table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointed. Thou anointed. should have is that you always think big because the anointing that you have is for overflow so when they start talking thousands you start talking billions and sometimes you sound like a megalomania you sound entirely stupid out of character but the anointing in you is asking for more so they called him Abraham. But God called him Abraham. Because God is in the business of overflow. Why have you put a limit on your life when God is talking overflow? Why are you relying on small when God is saying overflow? 
after Sunday knowing that your name has been changed. And yesterday know that you need to put your foot on it. The Lord is saying to tell you today, it is your time for overflow. Overflow. Why are you thinking small when God is thinking of a flow? And then we say, no, we just want to start small. I don't have a problem with you starting small. I have a problem with you remaining small and thinking small. So whilst you have the small Corolla or Camry, can you think of a Bentley? Yeah, because, because the Bentley is inside of you. The Bentley and the Rolls Royce is inside of you. So when you enter your two-bedroom apartment, or face me, I slap you apartment, can you keep in your mind that I'm entering my mansion in Maitama or Asokoro? Oh, I'm sorry, Maitama and Asokoro. I came to TSP we were some numbers look at where we are right now and you tell me you don't see overflow then there is a problem it's coming it's coming but the lunchbox was not in the hands of the apostle it was in the hands of a small boy so there is a required synergy from the apostolic and the Joshua generation to give birth to the overflow it was not the apostles who had the lunchbox but the boy had the relationship with one of the apostles Philip answered and said unto them so he had no relationship with Jesus but he knew an apostle as a big brother and as a mentor and he said okay I have a lunchbox he said okay I'll give this to my master so Philip becomes the link bridge between this generation and the other generation. That is what caused the overflow. The overflow of death in Samson's experience. Can I tell you, man of God? He was blind and did not have sight. But he had ears. And the devil so stupid. Because faith cometh by hearing. So, so blind but miles. He was blind. He still had. If you can keep hearing, you eventually see him. Hallelujah! So he was blind. He was blind, but he kept saying, Jesus is passing by. Who is this Jesus? The little one they heard. And when you start hearing, you start shouting. So, do a pew check at your neighbor who hasn't been shouting this evening and ask them for me are you here ask your neighbor are you here Bishop, stop, stop stealing my, stop, stop stealing my message. Just <laughs> so he heard Jesus was passing by, and he Bible says he began to cry out and said, "Jesus, Son of David." Jesus did not respond to what he, what he, what his cry, but what he said. 
because prior before that time they called him the son of Joseph not the son of David that was the first time somebody tapped into the sure mercies of David you know how somebody calls you the name that your grandmother calls you alone ah, who is that so he was shouting they said shut up but the Bible says he cried the more. When you find people in church who can cry out to God, they don't need mercy. Paul and Silas cried. The prisoners heard them. If they can't hear you, you're not crying yet. That's not where I'm going to. And Samson is blind, but his ears are opened. The blind man, blind Bartimaeus, says blind, but his ears are open. So Jesus said to the blind man, Dr. Fear, he said, what would, you, what would you have me do for you? I thought that was a rhetorical question. Jesus, he's blind. Come on, Jesus. Come on, Jesus, he's blind. Why are you asking him this? Stay with me. He's blind. What would you want me to do for you? He said that I may receive my sight. What the man was saying prophetically, I want to see what I've been hearing about. Because when you see what you have been hearing, so when he saw Jesus, Jesus was the first person he saw. Jesus said, Go, thy faith has made thee whole. He followed Jesus. Because when you finally see what you have been hearing about, you follow Jesus. So, Samson. That's where I was going to. These prophets and the men of God it got me to a different color. Samson is blind, had no sight, obviously. But he has revenge for what has been done to him. But the Bible says he heard the small boy passing. The boy did not have Samson's anointing. Because the Bible says, how be it his hair began to grow again. Have you imagined why? They did not shave Samson's hair because it's simple. I catch a man like Samson, I arrest him, I put a barber to him. Anytime you see one hair, take it off. Just take it off. But because the gods of the Philistines do not forgive, they did not imagine that God, Samson's God will forgive him. And you're glad about the mercies of God. For his anger is for a moment, his mercies. Take 20 seconds and just thank him for mercy. Is that all the mercy you've got to thank him? Thank him for mercy. Thank you. That's where I was going to. Man of God, man of God, man of God. He was blind, but he saw the young boy moving by. He said to the boy, Can you take me to the place in the house where I can put my anointing on? I don't have the vision that you have. For in the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, your sons and daughters. Your old men shall dream dreams. So the boy 
boy said, take me, take me to the pillar. He took Samson. He placed his hands there. The boy told us the story because he survived. Again, you find apostolic synergy and the Joshua generation. He didn't have the strength that Samson had. But he had the eyes. We need to come to the place and show our fathers where to put their hands on. Perhaps their hands are on the wrong. Samson placed his hands there but must have told the boy Ron something is about to happen. He must have told his aunt, his cousin, let's leave. If they didn't listen to him, they died. As a synergy. But the Bible says Samson killed more people in his death than in his lifetime. Because God is the God of overflow. That's really some anointing for overflow. Hold, hold your neighbor to your left and to your right. That's a, ask God overflow. Some anointing. Overflow. It's time for overflow. This concludes this message. Thank you for listening. And for more information about the Standpoint Church, visit our social media platform on www.facebook.com slash standpointabj, twitter.com slash standpointabj, instagram.com slash standpointabj, and on soundcloud.com slash standpointabj.